Thank you, guys. Do you know what? I'll just give you a little bit of insight into, like, choosing songs as a worship leader. You've got to kind of, you've got to pray into it and seek the Lord and go, Lord, what do you have for us this week? What do you want to hear? Like, what can we sing to you this week, Lord? Um, And I just want to honour Greg because every song that he chose for this morning actually really fits into what I'm going to share today. So bless you, brother. Yes. You're amazing. It's good. Well, last week, if you were here, you would know Dan shared about prayer and in particular persistent prayer. That's why we've got these boards down here. Now, if you weren't here and you missed out, you didn't miss out, um, you can go check the message online. But if you want to write down some prayer points that you want us to be praying over, you can still, you know, after the service, during the last song, write down your prayer points, stick them on there because we're going to be praying over them at least for the rest of January. Um, Because, yeah, it's all about persistent prayer. Are you driving God crazy? If you didn't hear the message, go check it out. Um, I hope you've had your alarms going this week at midday. Yes? Because at midday we... Good. Yes. Good job. That's good. All right. So if you spent any time with me, you might know a couple of things about me. One is that I'm kind of an indoor girl. I'm not like the most active or um, adventurous kind of person. Um, The other thing you might know about me is that I love a good meme. Social media is great for me for funny things. So when there's something that combines the two, I am all for it. So I have got a meme to share with you this morning. It's an oldie but a goodie. Do we have? Yeah, here it is. (laughs) Somebody sent this to me and they're like, you need this shirt. And I was like, amen, I do. Actually, I still don't have it. That's a good present for me. Coming up, maybe. (laughs) Walking with the Lord is my cardio. Now, I think this appeals to me because um, obviously the thought of like having to tick off a cardio box with like going for a run, not my favourite thing. Walking with the Lord, yes, amen. Now, I shared this on Instagram. It was a few years ago now. And it sparked a bit of conversation. So one of Dan's cousins, not a Christian, um, commented and said, does that mean it's hard? And I was like, no, that's why it's so awesome. I would much rather walk with the Lord than go for a run. But if we're going to be real, I'm always going to be real, just so you know, um, this journey can be hard. Walking with the Lord, journeying with Jesus can be hard. But it's not because Jesus makes it hard. Like life is hard, right? Jesus doesn't make our walk with him difficult. Like he says in Matthew, um, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So it's not Jesus. I think it's a few things. Um, The culture we live in can make it really difficult. Like it's really countercultural to follow Jesus, right? We're in the minority. We're looked down upon, laughed at, ridiculed, all of that. The other thing is we actually have an adversary whose entire purpose is to sabotage our relationship with Jesus. Do you know that? Now, maybe you're here today and you feel like walking with Jesus is hard. Maybe you're tired, you're weary. Maybe you've been struggling lately. Maybe you've drifted away a bit. Maybe you've had a season of being away and you're just coming back. Yeah, that's good. Maybe you remember hard times from the past 
and you kind of in the back of your mind, you're worried that it might come again. Maybe you've never followed Jesus because you think it will be too hard. Well, if you can relate to any of these things, then I believe I have an encouragement for you. For us all, in fact, actually, because wherever we're out on the journey, God wants to speak. So today, we're going to look at the Bible. I want to take you to the book of Hebrews. So while I'm talking, you can get out your Bible, Hebrews chapter 12. Um, now, I don't actually know who wrote Hebrews, and that's, that's not because I haven't like studied, tried to work. No one knows who wrote it. It's one of those random books. It's a good book. It's actually one of my favourites. I love the book of Hebrews. Scholars still debate on who wrote it, but I don't, it doesn't really matter who wrote it. It's in the Bible. Bible is God's word. It's inspired by Holy Spirit, so we should be reading it. Amen? Okay, good. Okay. Hebrews chapter 12. Are you there? Okay, we're going to read from verse 1. Um, and this is in the NIV. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Will you pray with me? Lord, um, thank you for your presence here already. Thank you that you've been at work. Thank you for the joy and privilege it is to praise your name, Lord. But I just pray right now for open hearts, Lord. I pray for all of us that we would have open hearts to receive whatever you have for us. Um, and if you're here and you're saying, yes, I want to have an open heart, you can just agree with that prayer now and say, yes, Lord, my heart is open to you this morning to receive whatever you have. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak. We thank you that you want to speak. And we just pray that your will would be done here today in Jesus' name. Amen. So I believe that God wants to speak to us today about perseverance. And what I think he specifically wants to encourage us to persevere in is our journey with him. Now, what I love about this passage of scripture is that not only does, it, does the writer share what we are to do, but he shares the how and the why. So together we're going to take a bit of time and we're going to unpack it and hopefully at the end you will feel both encouraged and equipped wherever you are and whatever stage of the journey you're at. Okay, do I have any runners in the room? A few? feel like, yes. Yes. Long distance, short distance, bit of both. To the fridge. <laughs> Amen. Now, as I said, I am not a runner, so bear with me, okay? I'm going to be speaking about this today. I know that's not me. Grace. Grace would be great. Now, the writer here is likening our Christian journey to a race. And there are lots of references in the New Testament to the Christian life being like a race. But for the race we are to run, we need perseverance. Doesn't sound fun, does it? Not for me, anyway. So, we aren't talking about a sprint. We are talking about a really long marathon, okay? This is the long haul. So, let's look at this passage and 
um, what I really want to do, I just want to take time looking at every little nuance so that we can get everything that we need to that the writer was originally trying to say to us all. So firstly, throw off everything that hinders. Now, whoever wrote this was writing in a culture where it was like um, the early Olympics. There were athletes who were competing. That's the kind of um, the time and the, the people. And back then, when they competed in athletic events, they would literally compete in the nude, right? So they literally threw off anything that could hinder them and their performance. Thankfully, that's not what we are to do. Our clothes are not what is hindering us. Amen. But it is the idea of getting rid of anything that could get in our way. So I just want you to take a moment now and think, what could my hindrances be? What are the things hindering me progressing in my journey with Jesus? It could be people. It could be things that you are engaging in. It could be a number of things. Why don't you ask him, just say, Lord, what are the things getting in the way of you and me? The next bit, get rid of sin that entangles. That's a good word, isn't it? Now, God always gives us a way out. If there's temptation, um, we are not obligated to follow through, right? God always gives us a way out. But it's much better if we just get rid of the things that may tempt us in the first place, right? We might think one little thing, oh, that won't hurt. But before we know it, we're all tangled up in that web of sin, now, we don't like to hear the word sin these days. It's like old-fashioned, no, sin doesn't exist. I can do whatever I want. That's the culture we live in. But that's not the truth, is it? There are things that are good for us. There are things that are bad for us. And they are outlined and set out by the God of all creation who made us, who loves us, who has a plan and purpose for our lives. So we need to be looking into his word and we need to know what these things are and following him. That is truth. There is such a thing as absolute truth, right? That means there is such thing as sin. It's not a dirty word. Sin is dirty, but we can talk about sin and we want to get rid of it. Let us run. Now you might think, yeah, I know what running is. Yeah, to run. But... This word in particular that was used um, communicates, it's not just like a physical movement with your body, it communicates purpose, exertion and effort. Sometimes even to incur extreme peril to overcome. That sounds serious. So this sort of running that we are to engage in includes overcoming. Now it's the same word that is used when the Mary's um, were at Jesus' tomb and found out that he'd been resurrected and they ran to tell the disciples. So this kind of running has purpose. It's not casual. It's not moseying. It's like we are on a mission and we are going. Run with perseverance the race. Okay. So here we can use, we can interchange that with um, the words conflict or fight or contention. But I think what we have to remember is in our race, we aren't fighting or competing against other people. We aren't competing 
um, against each other because our, spi- our fight is spiritual. Then there's the race marked out for us. So this race is specifically placed before each of us individually. We all have our own race. It's not going to look the same for everybody. This is an encouragement, yeah? So we've got to stay in our own lane and run our own race because the course is completely different for each of us. And what do we run with? Perseverance. What is perseverance? It is the continued effort to do or achieve something even when this is difficult or takes a long time. So we need to be patient. We live in a culture where patience is not the norm, it is not easy. But patience is a fruit of the Spirit. So when we have the Lord, we have unlimited access to His patience when, we're, when we are, excuse me, when we are relying on Him and His grace. We can do it. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Now, like I said, I don't know a lot about running. I did do a bit of research. When you're running, you need to be looking ahead. If you're looking at your feet, you're going to fall over. You need something to look at, um, and what you're looking at will determine where you end up, right? So that's the first part. But fixing our eyes, this isn't just looking at something. This actually means that we are to turn away from other things and then look towards. So we've got to stop looking at all the other things, distractions, other people, and then look at Jesus. That also means stop looking at your challenges and look at Jesus. That's hard. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So this is all about faith. Jesus started started it, the concept of faith. He wins at it. He's like the winner of faith, right? He is the perfect and highest example of living with faith and finishing the race. That's what this means. The pioneer. So he started it. He's the chief leader, the example, and the perfecter, the highest example, one who has attained perfection, perfect faith. That's why he's our example. For the joy set before him. Now, this little, I don't know about you, there are some passages in the Bible that I just kind of read and I'm like, I have no idea what that means. That little section, that's what this is for me. It's like one of those beautiful, like some people put it in their like little bio for the joy set before him. I'm like, I don't know what that means. This is what it means. Jesus was focused on the prize at the end. He knew the end of the story. And so instead of focusing on the difficult things he had to do and was going through, we talked about it this morning, the the cross. He literally was tortured and died on a cross. But instead of focusing on that, he was focused on the end game. Glory, victory, relationship with you. You know that, right? That's why he did it. Now, we get a prize too, which is glory and victory. Yeah, that's good. So that you won't grow weary. Okay. Remembering the cross helps us to have the right focus and perspective so that when things get hard, we won't tire of the journey and give up. Now, I have a confession to make. 
I'm not always a person who perseveres. So I've got a little story to share. A few years ago, we were on a family holiday um, at the sunny coast, and one day we decided, let's go to Noosa for, for the day. That's nice. And then someone, probably Dan, came up with the idea, let's go for a bushwalk. Let's go to the National Park. There's this amazing walk that we can go on that ends up with this beautiful view. It's called Hell's Gates, but it's good, right? We're like, sure, it's holidays, let's do that. So we start walking. There's a little bit of complaining. I also have a child who's an indoor person like me. So we're supporting each other. Also probably just, um, yeah, there's a picture of us. This is part way through, right? Um, I look happier than I was. <laughs> it didn't take long and I'm like, I'm th I, this is not cool, I'm done. And, the, and then Dan and the other two, they're like, no, come on, let's go, it's gonna be great. It's, it's so worth it at the end. And then I needed to go to the toilet and then I was uncomfortable and then I'm like, nah, I'm grumpy now, this is, we're done. And it was shortly after this, so we were only probably a couple of hundred metres away from the end. And I'm like, I'm turning around and I'm done. And so I turned around and I went. And I've never been to Hell's Gates. <laughs> Still haven't. I do, do I have a picture of it there, Charlie? That, apparently it looks like that. It's beautiful, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I haven't been there. Don't do what I did that day. Don't get discouraged and give up. All right, let's go back to the Bible. Okay, consider Christ and what he endured. I don't know about you, but um, knowing that some, somebody else has been through something that I'm going through really helps. It's like an encouragement and that's what this is. Even if somebody has gone through something worse than you. I remember when I was coming towards the end of um, my first pregnancy with Dali and, you know, the prospect of giving birth is, you know, coming nearer. And that's, that's a little freaky. Um, but I remember at that, around that time, there were some floods in Africa. And there was this story that I saw in the news of this woman who had to climb a tree to escape floodwaters. And while she was there, she had to give birth. So not only was she in a tree, she was by herself, gave birth, and then she was there for a couple of days. So I had that in my mind, and I'm like, if that woman in Africa can give birth in a tree, I can do it. I can do this. That was like my encouragement, right? You need any encouragement you can get. But this is what this is saying. We need to consider Christ, because what he went through was way worse way worse. We can do it. The other thing is, he came out the other side, like he's run the, he's finished the race, right? And he wants to journey alongside us. So he won, he's awesome, he's perfect, and he's like, can I jog with you? I know the way, I've done this, this is great, you're going to be fine. All right, why are we running this race in the first place? I'm glad you asked. Well, because there is a glorious prize that is guaranteed at the end. Hebrews 10.36 says this, You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. 
That is, that is a good word right there. Eternal life with him. Restoration forever. Like forever. That's really hard to grasp. And people go, yeah, forever. No, it's like eternity. So there is a cost to the race, but a prize at the end. It's an eternal prize. So what we have to do, does the prize outweigh the cost? We do this all the time. We do this maybe multiple times a day. If we're looking to invest in something, looking to buy something, we have to weigh it up. Is it worth me putting my time or my effort or my finances into this thing to receive the benefit at the end? If yes, we proceed. Sometimes we decide, yes, it is worth the effort of getting up off the couch and getting into my car and driving to Macca's to get a Sunday because that Sunday is going to taste amazing. Sometimes, though, sometimes it's different. Sometimes it's, you know what, it is totally worth the cost of paying a delivery driver to go and pick up my food and bring it to my home because then I don't have to get up off the couch. Amen? Amen. Do you know what? We spoke about it this morning. Jesus weighed up the cost. And you know what? He would have paid that price for you if it was only you. It's a huge cost. That's way higher than paying an Uber driver. So is it worth it? Let me tell you, the cost of running this race to follow Jesus, it is totally 100% worth it to receive the promise of eternal glory at the end without question. Reconciliation with the Lord and life with him forever, totally worth it. Sign me up. Escaping eternal separation from God and everything that he brings, that is worth it. These temporary trials, it's fine. I'm there. Matthew 24, 13 in the message says, staying with it, that's what God requires. Stay with it to the end. You won't be sorry and you'll be saved. You're not going to regret following Jesus for your whole life. The enemy will try and tell us that it's not worth it. He wants us to give up. That is his like whole purpose. He's just trying to get us to give it up. He can't steal our salvation. And so he tries to convince us to give it up. If he can convince us that it's not worth it, he's won. That's why we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. So what does the finish line look like? The end of the race is reaching the end of your life with your faith intact and God says, well done, good and faithful servant. That's why we celebrate, you know, the life of like Thelma Neal. She was a faithful woman of the Lord. And it is so awesome to get to celebrate her together and her journey. Philippians 4.14. This is one of the first um, verses, aside from like when I was a kid in Sunday school, one of the first memory verses I learned, and it was doing um, 40 Days of Purpose. Did anyone do 40 Days of Purpose? 
Philippians 4.14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. If I was able to give you homework, that would be learning that this week. It's really good. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Yeah, do that this week. Now, you may have noticed there's a little bit at the beginning that I missed out. The whole witnesses thing. Let's have a look at that. Now, the word witness has two meanings. There's like in um, legal terms, you might have a witness, someone who testifies. So there's that element. Um, The witnesses are witnesses of, of God, right? So they're testifying to God and who he is and his goodness. But also, the writer is kind of um, giving us a picture like a stadium with witnesses, like spectators watching us. Now, in order to really get um, what is happening here, we need to go back to chapter 11. So Hebrews 11, it's all about faith. It is the hall of fame for faithful followers of God. Um, All Old Testament kind of who's who, um, you know, the people you would have learned about in Sunday school. So it's like Noah, Moses, David, all those people. And it's a whole chapter about faith, things and people to inspire us. And then he begins chapter 12 with therefore. Now, whenever you see the word therefore in scripture, you know that you have to go back and understand what has just been said in order to understand what's happening now. So, therefore always means because of everything I've just said, here it is. So, I'm going to read the last little chunk of chapter 11, and this is in the message version. Not one of these people, even though their lives of faith were exemplary, got their hands on what was promised. God had a better plan for us, that their faith and our faith would come together to make one completed whole their lives of faith not complete apart from ours. How awesome is that? So these heroes of the faith, your Abrahams, David, Joshua, Moses, God is saying that what we do in our lives help to bring completion to what they started. So now that Jesus has come and fulfilled everything and brought faith to perfection, we can finish the race full of faith and it brings all of their stories to completion. Is that good? I think that's amazing. It makes me think of a relay race when you've got a few really strong runners and then one at the end and it all hangs on him. We don't want to be that runner at the end that like drops the button, right? All right, so I'm going to go back. Um, now that we've read that, ch- that chunk from chapter 11, I'm going to go back and read our passage in chapter 12. I'm going to read it from the message. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Strip down, not literally, start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race that we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. 
and now he's there in the place of honour right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he ploughed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. All right, so there are three practical things that I want to leave with you today that I think might help you to persevere on this race. So the first one is this. We need to surround ourselves with a cheer squad. And we also need to be a cheer squad for others. We need one another. We aren't meant to run alone. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So we need to be in a faith community where we are being encouraged and uplifted and sometimes corrected and we need to be part of a faith community where we are also being the encouragers. This is the purpose of the church, the body of Christ. We need each other. Now, God wants everyone at the finish line, right? That's his will. So some of us might need to be dragged there. And some of you might need to be the ones dragging others, okay? That's what we do as brothers and sisters, right? We need to help each other out. And remember, we're at different points of the journey. Some have just started. Some are nearing the end. It's a race, but we're not in competition with each other. Cheer each other on. All right, the second one is this. We need fuel. In order to run a marathon, you need to be eating well. You need good food and you need lots of it. You need sustenance. It's the same for us in our spiritual journey. We need spiritual food. So, what is our spiritual food? Well, it's reading the Bible, the Word of God, but it's not just reading little bits here and there, like snacking is good, but you need a meal. We need to be studying the Word. We need to be getting to know it. We need to be memorizing it. Matthew 4 4, Jesus answered, It is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You can't eat once a week and survive, right? We cannot persevere well with only one spiritual meal on a Sunday, right? We need to learn how to feed ourselves. We need to learn how to use great... We have so many great resources um, available to us these days. Join a connect group, host a connect group, eat together, physically and spiritually. Some of us are weary and struggling just because we are spiritually starving. Have a think about that. Have you been eating well? Have you been consuming junk food instead? And number three... Um, And the band, you can come up now. The third thing is this. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Now, I want to tell you what that can practically look like. 
Because sometimes there are these little sayings that we have in church, and it's like, fix your eyes on Jesus. It's like, but what does that actually mean? What do I actually do to do that? Well, let's go back. If we go back and remember that when we're fixing our eyes on something, it also means turning our eyes away from other things. So, put your focus on Jesus. Make him your highest priority. Give him all of the attention and the affection that he deserves. He deserves the highest place. When we truly know deep in our hearts how much he loves us, And when we understand the magnitude of what he did for us, it's really easy to do. He's not a far away, make-believe, fairy tale character. He is the living God and he is closer than you think. He wants to journey alongside you, with you. He wants to strengthen you, uphold you. He's the best person to do this with. He knows the way because he's already run, won the race. So I'm going to pray for us. So I'm just going to invite you to stand. And then... I'm just going to read one final thing over you, actually, and then I'm going to pray. So maybe you can just close your eyes and just listen to this. This is from Philippians 3, um, and it's just in the message. And I just hope that it can just be a bit of encouragement. And then I'm going to pray. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made. But I'm well on my way reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm often running and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have something else in your mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running this same course, headed for the same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals and trying to get you to go along with them. All they want is Easy Street. They hate Christ's cross, but Easy Street is a dead-end street. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that you're with us. I thank you that you have overcome. I thank you, Jesus, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light, Lord. That you're not making it difficult for us, Lord. You're actually doing the opposite. Thank you for your grace, Lord, that you provide to each of us. Thank you that you long to strengthen us to equip us, to comfort us in the hard times, Lord. You of all people, you know how heartbreaking it can be to endure. You can sympathise with us, Jesus, and we thank you for that. 
God, I thank you that all we have to do is keep our eyes on you and put one foot in front of the other, one step at a time, Jesus. One step at a time. So God, I just pray for those who are weary today that you'll help them to know where they need to be strengthened, the things that they need to be doing, Lord. But thank you, Lord, that that you can make that easier for us, God. So we worship you this morning, Lord Jesus. Help us to run the race. Help us to persevere just like you did, Lord. Remind us, Lord. Let us not be complacent. In Jesus' name. Now we're going to finish with a bit of joy this morning. Who needs a bit of joy? We're just going to worship the Lord and focus on His goodness and the victory that He's already won, the prize that is already there. Um, So let's worship Him well. Thanks, team.